I think. I think. You should go home to Greenbow, Alabama! It sure feels good to be back in the heart of Dixie. Alabama became a state in the year 1819. A state that can produce giants like George Washington Carter, Helen Keller, Joe Lewis, Bear Bryant. We dare defend our rights. Well, the greatness of America and the solutions to her problems begin here with your people, not in Washington, D.C. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the 1819 Podcast. I'm Scott Stantis, Public Affairs Officer here at the Alabama Policy Institute. Hey, if you believe in free markets, limited government, and strong families, then the Alabama Policy Institute is a place you need to check out. Please, we invite you to come to our website at alabamapolicy.org. Well, we were going to do this podcast about something else, and we um, news kind of overtook us. So um, apparently, we're going to be wearing masks for another month or two, and uh, that was the edict of the governor coming out yesterday. We're joined by Chief Policy Officer here at API, Phil Williams. Phil, thanks for coming on. My man, Scott. Good morning to you. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So the governor comes out yesterday. We, we were all, you know, we, the API had issued a press release saying, you know, don't do it, governor. Don't do it. She did it. Um, so uh, you can tell us the legal ramifications. This is exactly what happened, Phil. Yeah. So uh, we did, uh, Scott. So yesterday morning, um, you know, the fact that I've been on the governor's task force, the coronavirus task force, allegedly for the last year, um, <laughs> has given us an opportunity to communicate directly with key individuals who are also considered members of the task force. And, and so um, with that said, you know, we, we could see it. Uh, we could see the, the, the national trend right now is that um, at least those who are conservative uh, are just fed up with shutdowns, pandemics, government restrictions. It, you know, certainly when it all first started, I will, I'm going to say right up front, Scott, API has never balked at the fact that there is truly a coronavirus, a pandemic. You and I have both had it. Um, you know, our families yeah. have had it. We've had friends that have had it. Most of the staff at API has had it. Uh, all said and done, though, um, at what point do you begin to look at personal freedoms, personal liberties, personal responsibility over government action to enforce personal liberties, you know, or personal restrictions? Um, so all said and done, Texas Governor Abbott, um, and then uh, Mississippi's governor, and of course, already Florida's governor, and a number of other states, I want to say 17, 18, 19 states yeah. have no mask mandate. Well, they came out uh, night before last and said, no more in our state, we're done. Well, we looked at that at API, and so the next morning, as a member of the task force, I drafted a statement to the governor uh, and all the members of the task force and urged the governor on behalf of API to rescind the mask mandate and to restore societal, um, you know, norms to get rid of societal restrictions because masks are not the only thing still restricted. Yeah. It's really important to, to touch on as people hear and see the headlines and they think, well, it's just the mask. What's the big deal? This, this law is actually over our, I mean, things like you can't hug. Yeah. I mean, let's, um, yeah, exactly. Uh, we just put my mother-in-law into a, uh, um, a senior center. And there's a law. Part of this law also says that they're going to keep those shut down. Now, social, I'm sorry, social meetings between human beings. It's what we do. It's what we are. It's why I think this generation of school kids are in, are in some peril. 
because of for, of a year of no school. But the same holds true for senior centers. I mean, this. So, this, uh, am I missing other parts of it, the law? No, no, you're not. And and yeah, let me let me let me let me keep going one more minute on the on the the, the trends we saw nationally and the fact that we issued our statement. And then I'm gonna I want to jump on that with you. So so bottom line is we issued our statement to the governor and the task force that morning and then issued it publicly so the world could see that we had said it. That same afternoon, the lieutenant governor, Will Ainsworth, issued his own request that the governor follow suit exactly as API had said, uh, remove the mask mandates, remove all societal restrictions. And oh, by the way, the Alabama State Senate in session this week uh, convened and passed a Senate resolution urging the governor to do likewise, to remove the mask mandate and societal restrictions. Um, and she basically just blew all that off. And then, and, you know, they're going to say, y'all, we follow the science. Well, I got news. Scott, I mean, yeah, we're, we're, we're seeing we're below 8% on positive testing statewide. We were at 22% at one point. We're, we are 60% better off right now in terms of positive coronavirus cases than we were when she put the mask mandate in place. At what point? So uh, the governor came out the next morning and for everybody's benefit, and we'll talk about what else it does, and said, nope, we're going to go another month on this. That's where we are at the moment. So so now she's extended the, the mandate into, um, oh golly, having a COVID, COVID brain here. Um, April 9th, is it? Yep, I got a copy. <laughs> um, How heavy that paper sounds? Um, so yeah. why didn't they, you gotta, I gotta ask this and this is, you know, this is, we're going to be studying this for years now, how we handle the pandemic. But when the pandemic happened, especially places like Alabama, why did the governor, why was the automatic instinct? And it seems to be government's instinct to go to just have this overarching policy that applies to everybody. There are counties in this state that had infection rates of somewhere in the neighborhood of 0.003%. To say people can't hug there or to that old people can't have visitors or that you have to wear a mask. It just seemed, couldn't they have handed, here are protocols. Here's how you handle this. And if you're at 0.03%, you don't need to follow any of them at the moment. If, 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 the, if the virus comes to your community, then yes, you do. What's the thinking? I mean, and you can only come to the conclusion, Phil, and tell me if I'm wrong. The only conclusion you can come to is, is it's government overreach and government loves to make rules and controls its people. Yes. And, and people in government who want to run for reelection and all uh, often find that in the middle of something that affects their constituents, they feel they must do something. They have to show action. They, you know, and, and then the hue and the cry becomes, what are you going to do for us, person we elected? What is happening? It's all your fault if, if something bad happens. No, it's not. You know, if you go look around the nation right now, you'll find that South Dakota and I believe uh, South Carolina never had a mask mandate. Florida has had some of the least restrictive societal, you know, um, restrictions placed by government. And when you compare Florida to New York, which is still shut down, you're going to find that the trends in the coronavirus have been largely the same. Um, apparently shutdowns and masks are not the end all to the coronavirus pandemic. And um, yeah, shutdowns certainly haven't had the effect um, that they wished for. I, I, masks have some effect and it's just, a, it's a nice thing. If you have been exposed or if you are, you know, you think you're at risk to spread it, don't spread it. Wear, wear a mask. But listen, I just gave blood gave pl- uh, and I, my antibodies are high, so I'm, I cannot get it and I cannot give it. Uh, so the same is probably true of you, Phil. I, so, I would think so because we just had it over the Christmas holidays. I know it, it, it and, stinks. Um, by the way, by the way, it sucks. Just anyone listening, 
Don't get it. I mean, I've known some asymptomatic people, but I was not one of them and neither was my sweet wife. And yeah, yeah. yeah, I get it. And you know what, by the way, we didn't get it by going out in public and forgetting to wear our mask because we wear our mask wherever we go. We got it through a family connection over Christmas, period. And what do you do? Well, you don't talk to that family member anymore to start with. <laughs> <laughs> They're off the Christmas list. <laughs> no, no Easter for you. Um, okay, so I'm just going to play devil's advocate as I do often here. There are going to be people who say, okay, you, relieve, you, you lift these restrictions and people will not voluntarily wear a mask. Many people won't. Many people won't follow protocols or so on. How do you respond to that? Uh, that's right. Guess what? They won't. And you know what though? If you're, if you're that scared, if you're really concerned about your own personal health, stay home. If, if you, you know, I, I, we can't, at some point you cannot fix stupid. All right. Um, so (laughs) if, if somebody wants to go walk around, you know, Lowe's or Walmart and sneeze and cough on everybody in the middle of a pandemic, they're going to do it whether there's a restriction in place by government or not, because they obviously don't have the common sense God gave a that. But all that to say, this is real. Yes, it is. But so are our civil liberties. And so are the rights of each citizen in this society. And rights are not abridged, per se, by a pandemic. Now, are there times, and here's why I can go legal on you for a minute. Are there times when government has a right to step in during questions of life, limb, or property? Yes, there are. And, 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 and you will see those. I mean, think about the times we've seen things like a, a hurricane and they have to put a curfew in place to prevent looting, or maybe there's civil unrest or a tornado comes through. And, and, and so you, you have some emergency proclamations and immediate steps to secure society. So we, Scott, we've been at this for a freaking year. Yeah. And, yeah. We passed a year. Yeah. So we're on the one year anniversary of 14 days to flatten the curve. And, and it's just, at some point you have to look at it and go, okay, you are no longer in the state of emergency mode. Now you're just in control society mode. And at some point, civil liberties have to bubble back to the surface. Freedom must be the starting point for every conversation regarding government action. If I can quote our CEO, Caleb Crosby here, um, freedom should always be the starting point for discussions of any action taken by government. Yeah, just pretty much what you just said. Absolutely. And um, that's, a, that's a great statement. In fact, um, we were at an event together uh, the other day, the Liberty and Lockdowns uh, event that was uh, hosted by Troy State, co-sponsored by API and some other organizations. And one of the speakers there was a guy from Freedom Works who said something similar. And um, I think he got the most applause of the day. So what are the, I mean, if I could get into real world politics, what are the repercussions of this now? This governor has done things like extended the, this mandate. She's also effectively suspended the legislature. I mean, you know, her and Hugo Chavez, um, it must be nice. Now they're in session because this is the mandated time when they can be, but she never called them into session for almost a year. Um, are there, are there, is, is there a political cost to be paid here? by this governor or by other legislators who would support these things? Oh, certainly. I mean, I I think there always is, you know, whether it's costly enough to earn her a primary or to cost her an election remains to be seen. I mean, no one knows for sure whether she's going to run again anyway. Um, But, uh, but yes, I mean, I think there's, there's enough of a groundswell right now to where people 
people look back and they say, okay, so in this quadrennium, in the first year we raised my gas taxes and I don't recall much else. And then the next year, <laughs> pretty much everything shut down except for the executive branch who then spent $1.8 billion in CARES Act funds, mostly on itself. And oh, by the way, shut down a whole lot of businesses, made the economy worse. And now we're a year long in mass mandates. So now, were there high sides? Yes. Are we an economically strong state? Yes. Are we a state that Site Selection Magazine has recently said is one of the best in the nation to build a business? Yes. So there's high points and she can run on the high points, but I got news. There's a whole lot there that could be considered negative oppo research on somebody wanting to run against her. Um, real quick, I just this is a side issue, but it's fascinating to me. Um, the, the, the task force, you were appointed to the COVID task force by the governor. How many people were on it and did she listen to it? You want to see my badge? You have a no, you don't have a badge. <laughs> I do not have a badge. Oh, because that would be awesome. <laughs> Let me see if I can find something here and call it a badge. No, I don't have a badge. <laughs> Either um, that or a cape. Yeah, that's cool. A cape. Um, <laughs> I got a mask. Um, uh, yeah. So yeah, by the force. way, I, I do like to point out the deep irony in the fact that the China flu, which I'm going to continue to call it China flu, whether Biden likes it or not, the China flu prompted me to order a Captain America mask, which came to me from China. Oh God. Um, <laughs> of course it did. But what was your question, Scott? Now that I'm totally off, I was just asking about the, ta the, the the task force. Which I mean, was this worth being on? Was did she listen to you guys? No, no. Okay. Um, right. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I, I I don't recall. So you know, there were probably over the course of a year, there were probably five teleconferences, and they weren't really teleconferences per se, as much as they were um, her just telling the people that logged in what she was yeah. going to do. And, um, and there were times that she asked questions and, and generally speaking, uh, most of those times I was the only one who asked a question I felt like. Um, but what it did do, and, and here, here's, here was the high point for me, for us, for API was it gave us contact with all of these key individuals. And we're talking about business leaders, state leaders, elected officials who were all considered members of the task force, whether there was any tasking for the force, is another story. But what it did do was it gave us a direct communication link as an organization, API, to speak to those individuals as one of their peers and, and be able to say, hey, here's some things y'all might want to consider. Hey, here's some research we provided. Hey, here's some benefits to society we think are important to consider. And oh, by the way, here's why we think it's time to rescind the mask mandate. So we did have that communication link with other members was there a tasking for a force to do to benefit the state as a whole? I never saw it. That's a shame and not, not, not the least bit surprising given this administration. Um, so um, going forward, um, we're going to, April, what, what, what I got to ask you and then I'll let you go, Phil, because I know you actually like work for a living. Um, <laughs> what are you going to do on April 9th? April 9th, you know, run naked through a bean field with no mask on. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, th I think, you know, the reality is, Scott, uh, I was talking to somebody the other day, you know, when it comes to like the vaccine, uh, will I get the vaccine? I, I don't know. Probably. I, I haven't really come to grips with whether I'm for or against it. I've already had it. I have the immunities, but you know, I, I, I may go ahead and get the vaccine, but don't tell me I have to. Um, the thing with the masks, 
when I go to church or sit in a movie theater, I may still wear a mask. Um, and, and that'll be a personal choice though. And uh, it'll also depend on what they're saying about herd immunity at the time, but I will make a responsible choice. That's the point. I will exercise personal responsibility. I will do what is necessary for my family and, and for those around me, those I care for that I work with. Um, and, and I'll make a choice, but stop telling me I have to. There it is. Phil, thanks for coming on. Everyone, that was, that's been Chief Policy Officer Phil Williams of the Alabama Policy Institute. Phil, thanks again. Yeah, man. Good to see you. Good to see you too. Hey, if you want to find out more about the Alabama Policy Institute, please check us out at alabamapolicy.org. That's alabamapolicy.org. I'm Scott Stannis, Public Affairs Officer here at API. And until next time, God bless you and God bless the great state of Alabama. This episode of 1819 is brought to you by the Alabama Policy Institute. For 30 years, API has been fighting for limited government, free markets, and strong families. Learn more by visiting alabamapolicy.org.